0: Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership, or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash leadership.
1: Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more. Access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence.
0: Hey there, and welcome to episode 262 of the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. This week's episode, Don't Let Your Career Stall, a Q&A with Em. I've seen lots of really good people get stuck in their careers for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it's obvious why it's happening to them, and other times it's a little more perplexing. We get questions from our leadership community all the time relating to career progression, and we've recently started to produce more content specifically to help take charge of your career. Now, in a month or so, we'll be releasing a new online course called Landing Your Dream Job, which will cover everything from knowing which companies to target as preferred employers, right through to negotiating the best package in your employment contract once you've been offered a role. But today, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into some of the factors that are going to put you on the fast track to promotion and career progression. And of course, the best way to deal with this topic is in Q&A format. So Em, welcome back to the mic. How many questions do we get every week about career progression?
1: Hello, hello. Great to be back on the mic. Uh, we get a lot of questions, and it's just—it's so interesting that they come from all levels. So you know, even C-suite executives who want to break into their first CEO role are asking these questions, and that's why I was so excited about scheduling today's content in to answer some of those. And obviously, you and I have been working on the uh, Landing Your Dream Job uh, course, which is going to be incredible as well. So a lot of exciting things happening.
0: Yeah, it was so much fun to put that together, and this is just such a tricky area. So I'm really looking forward to shedding some light on the common questions we get.
1: Yeah. So instead of answering specific questions from listeners, I've actually just put together a set of common themes. And I just think that's going to give us maximum coverage on this topic. Mm, yeah. So let's start with a really common one that we get all the time. Uh, this is the million dollar question. What makes someone promotable, Marty?
0: Well, let me just start off by getting us to think about what's in the mind of the hiring manager. So what does the hiring manager look for? First of all, of course, they want someone who can do the job. Right? They don't want someone who's going to be high maintenance. So a level of independence is, is what they're looking for. They want the people around them to think they've made a good decision in who they've chosen to appoint into the role. And they don't want to be dragged down into the day-to-day struggles that the person's going to have when they come in, even if they're fresh to the organisation. Mm. So there's that, that mentality of who they're hiring. The next thing is that they want someone who they know is going to get results. Now, remember, there's no potential without performance. So if you're not producing now, you'll be looked at completely differently. And it doesn't really matter what you know or how smart you are. I've often seen in the past that ambition can outstrip reality. Now, a great example this reminds me of um, in a company I worked for years ago. I was hiring for a CFO, and there was a person who came into my office and asked if he should apply for that CFO role. Wanted to have a chat to me and just get my guidance on it. This person, I'd had a conversation not two weeks prior to say, listen, you're not performing in your current job for these reasons. Here's what I'm expecting from you. Here's the conversations we've had in the past. I'm looking for these types of outputs at this level of quality, and they simply haven't come through. And so I'd given them performance feedback that actually said, I don't think you're doing your current job properly. Yet they still thought that they would be a genuine candidate for the CFO role. And I had to disavow them of that concept. But it's interesting that people's ambition often exceeds their performance. So results are absolutely critical. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, you know, don't, don't rationalize about these things. It's easy to think that circumstances beyond your control are stopping you from getting results. Everyone has to deal with unfavorable circumstances, but the ones who are going to get promoted, they don't make excuses. If you allow yourself to rationalize, you're going to become a victim. And no one wants a victim or a Teflon leader who blames other people working for them.
1: So true, Marty. And look, we know that there's no potential without performance, but potential is a lot harder to measure and assess. Oh yeah. So, what are some of the key indicators that you look for to work out if someone has the potential to succeed? or not.
0: <laughs> right. Well, as you say, you, you're spot on in performance is much easier to, uh, to gauge because you can actually observe tangible outputs and outcomes and see people in action. What it's not always easy to predict is what's going to happen if you put them up to another level, because it's sometimes a different ballgame in a different role. So the first thing we look for are behaviors. So you want them to have drive and ambition. You want them to have high energy and a really strong work ethic. And the ability to suspend self interest. Uh, You want them to be direct and honest and trustworthy and to have some strength of character where you know they can do some hard things and tolerate the repercussions. Uh, I always look for thirst for knowledge and development because leaders are learners. We know that. And if you can find someone who's not territorial, that is perfect because you don't want adversarial behavior. You want inclusive behavior with robust challenge. That's a slightly different thing. And absolutely. You want someone who you can see can learn from their mistakes. Slow learners are hideous. If you have to keep teaching someone the same thing over and over and over, you don't want to promote them. It's unlikely they're going to be successful. Mm. But there are also some observable capabilities that translate at any level. So the first is abstract reasoning. And you can test for this. This is the ability to see patterns and apply them to new situations. So abstract reasoning capability is essential when you're thinking about promotion. There's uh, relationship building. You need people who can get on with others and play happily in the sandpit and can hold their own in these cross-silo discussions. You want a base of commercial acumen. So you need fundamentals like negotiation. uh, And you want someone who's a smart, value-driven decision maker. And all of this wrapped up in the ability to communicate effectively. So those are just some of the things that I look for when I'm thinking about potential as opposed to performance.
1: Okay, cool. That makes a lot of sense. And of course, all of this pushes towards value creation, which is right at the heart of the No Bullshit Leadership Framework and, of course, the first amazing module of our program, Leadership Beyond the Theory. But we have a lot of listeners who are delivering results, but their careers are still not getting anywhere. What do you think about this?
0: Well, this is where politics rears its ugly head, and we talk a lot about uh, the concept of a workhorse versus a trusted advisor. Now, a workhorse is someone who goes and gets the job done, and they get it done no matter what, and you keep throwing stuff at them, and they will keep doing it, but they don't ask questions, they don't challenge you, they just do what you tell them to do. So they're doing a lot of low-value work. Even if they're closer to the action and they know something isn't going to create a lot of value they'll still do it because the boss has asked them to do it. And when their team don't deliver, they dip in and do it for them. So they do their people's work when their people don't do their work. So you've got this problem where they don't question things, they do a lot of low-value work, their work ethic is awesome, but they step in and overcompensate for their team. And so they never build capability and create the pipeline of talent that you need if you want that team to work long-term. Now, on the other hand, a trusted advisor is someone who thinks above the level that they're at. They think about the implications of what they do on the other functions and people and operations around them. And so they're the ones that can talk to you sensibly about the things that are challenging your mind. And that's why a trusted advisor is so valuable. And it's trusted advisors who get people's attention up the line from them, and it's trusted advisors who are typically promoted. So you've got to be able to show that you can think at the right level and don't think about making yourself indispensable think about making yourself redundant mm. now we 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 talk about this all the time particularly in leadership beyond the theory when we're talking about working at the right level but a culture will often encourage workhorses and yeah no one's going to stop you from saying I'll do whatever you give me boss and I'll deliver it right no one's going to tell you not to do that but while the workhorse is down buried in the detail somewhere out there there's a politician sucking up to the boss preparing themselves and positioning themselves for the next promotion. And upwards managers are often regarded more highly than the workhorses for that reason, because workhorses don't say no, they don't question, and they just get down and bury their heads.
1: Okay, talking of workhorses, one of the things that I used to see um, with really hardworking bosses is that they wouldn't just focus on their job, they'd dip down into their people's work. This was pretty terrible for everyone Um, (laughs) and I know personally as a direct report, I used to feel like I was being micromanaged. I lost a lot of drive and motivation. I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but on top of that, my boss was always too busy, buried in the detail to do the high level work that really needed her attention and there was no leadership guidance or development. Is this something that we see quite a lot
0: Oh, such a common problem uh, that I saw in corporate. And a lot of careers stall simply because someone in a leadership role can't let go of the detail. So they lose their bandwidth to lower value work because they're doing work that you're paying other people to do. And they're not doing their own job, which should be making sure that the work program is the highest value use of resources that you have at your disposal, Uh, challenging coaching and confronting people to make sure you're lifting their capability and getting the most out of them. There's a whole range of leadership jobs that simply don't get done when someone's dipping down into their people's work. And if you're buried in the detail, it comes out in everything you do. It comes out in the way you talk. It comes out in where you focus your attention. You can't build capability, develop talent, manage risk, Like that's the work of leadership. And if you want your career to flourish, you've got to show that you can think at the level above where you are, not the level below where you are.
1: Okay, so we're going a little bit into strategy here. I know you did a podcast some time ago about being more strategic. Is this a factor in career progression?
0: It was episode 134 called being more strategic. And like I said, that's what your boss is sometimes going to tell you when they don't know how to explain what they're looking for. Now, certain ingredients are critical to being seen as someone who can rise up through the layers, and we've mentioned a few of them already. But bosses who say someone below them is very strategic, well, it's often because of their affiliation bias. So this person tells the boss what they want to hear, and they agree with them a lot. Sometimes it's because they're innovative thinkers, so they're often away with the fairies. They don't have any practical application for the innovative thinking, but they get that halo effect, which is translated across to all other areas of their performance. And sometimes a boss will say you're very strategic if you're a good presenter. So you can get the strategic person tag, not necessarily through being strategic, but through doing stuff that the boss will see as strategic.
1: Yeah. So how do you combat that?
0: Well, you can't really. um, You can't change a boss who comes under the spell of one of their direct reports. Mm. All you can do is demonstrate your worth by delivering the things that are high value and demonstrating that you can deliver no matter what. And- make yourself redundant, build capability, and grow talent. Now, if you can do all those things, your boss is going to be pretty happy. Um, You know, I remember going into uh, a job years ago, running a shared services division, and I was not long back from Harvard Business School. I'd just spent a couple of months there studying, and my thinking was just so far expanded beyond the role I was doing that I found my favorite conversations were with someone one or two levels above me, and I was so looking forward to engaging in those conversations because that's what gave me joy, challenge and excitement. And so I had heaps and heaps of those conversations with my boss, my boss's peers and the CEO of the company, which basically put me in that frame and marked me as being talent that would be promoted.
1: Okay, so short of just becoming a yes person, how do you demonstrate that your strategic as a poor communicator would put it to you?
0: So of course, you can demonstrate your ability to be strategic, which really is your readiness for the next level by tailoring your messages for your audience. So you want to make sure that when you're talking to a CEO or a board, you stay out of the detail and you get to the substantive issues. You've got to be careful of oversimplifying or losing meaning because this can seem like withholding information, but make sure you're staying at the level that people think at when you're presenting to them. Uh, Work on your abstract reasoning skills. So as I said before, you know, being able to recognize patterns and apply them to new situations. Uh, get good at explaining what you're doing without the jargon. Mm. Now, this is sometimes a trap that we all fall into. <laughs> and I came from the IT industry originally, so there's, there's no no industry more laden with jargon than that. But as Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And I think that's a, a really insightful comment, as you'd expect from Einstein. Um The other thing is breadth of knowledge, right? Every new level requires greater breadth. So demonstrate the breadth before you need to use it. For example, you might have a sales role, but it's important to demonstrate that you understand the downstream impacts on operations.
1: Yeah, and this is something that we talk about a lot in module four of Leadership Beyond the Theory in terms of, you know, what to do when you're transitioning to that next level, how to think and behave before you get to that next level. Absolutely. So tell me, what part does education play?
0: Well, education's incredibly important. It's, it's your ticket to the game, right? But, but your education and qualifications will get you through the door. Uh, it'll, it'll get you hired, but it won't necessarily get you into the role you want. So, for example, there are certain MBA programs that are very prestigious, you know, Harvard Business School and Stanford and Wharton and INSEAD. But most employees don't actually care about the qualification itself, unless you know, you're you going into a company that prides itself on taking only the Ivy Leagues. So don't rely on that. Rely on what that education enables you to do. So show that you can deliver. You need to turn all of that education into results and performance. Remember, your education is the icing on the cake, not the cake itself. Your track record of performance is the cake. And no one over the age of 12 eats a bowl of icing on its own, as much as we would love to. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's it's the practical application in anything that matters, right? Which is why everything we do in our business is geared to practical application, to making a difference in the results you can achieve through improved leadership. So we spend all our energy trying to help leaders to capture that upside opportunity that exists in pretty much every team, to move it from functional to exceptional.
1: But education is still a critical piece of the puzzle, isn't
0: it? Oh, oh, for sure. You know, education is critical in building competence, you know, and there are a few different types of education. So I've spoken before about the adult learning model, the 70-20-10 model. 70% of your learning should come from on-the-job experience, 20% from coaching and mentoring from your boss and those around you, and 10% from formal training. So ideally what you do is you take that 10%, which is you know, an MBA, a qualification, leadership beyond the theory, and you work out how to apply that to the 70%. So my MBA was absolutely critical in rounding out my theoretical understanding of a broad range of disciplines. And at the end of it, I could have an intelligent conversation with any expert in any field. But when I create content now, it's to try to make practical application easier. So tools, mindsets, strategies, and techniques to implement right now and build leadership capability quickly. That's what makes you more promotable.
1: And if you can learn how to do that, then I'm assuming your career won't stall. It'll accelerate it, right?
0: That's an outstanding observation, Em, and one of the reasons (laughs) we chose to call this episode Don't Let Your Career Stall.
1: I was leading you there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: look, Marty, that's pretty comprehensive in terms of how to get your career on the fast track. And obviously, you know, leadership beyond the theory and the landing your dream job training is going to be coming out soon. Um, so there's lots of things to look forward to. This is really just a, a dipping your toe in the ocean of of things that we can talk about. Why don't you take us out?
0: Sure, I'd love to. Thanks, Em. Uh, so that brings us to the end of episode 262. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember. At your CEO mentor. Our purpose is to improve the quality of leaders globally. So please share this episode now with your network of leaders. Yes, all of them. And of course, uh, a perfect way to turbocharge your career is by joining our September cohort of Leadership Beyond the Theory. So go to leadershipbeyondthetheory.com for more information. I'm looking forward to next week's episode, How to Be a Learning Leader. Until then, I know you'll take every opportunity you can to be a no-bullshit leader.